Welcome to the Dr. Dad's Podcast, where a naturopath and chiropractor come together each week to share lifestyle medicine, health advice, and inspiring interviews with some of the top experts in health and wellness, bringing you the latest in nutrition, exercise, ancient healing, toxins and detox, your microbiome, mindset, hormones, brain, and much more. Stay tuned. We're going to teach you how to experience growth daily. Hey, good afternoon or evening or morning, wherever you are in the world at this time. Podcast. Thank you for tuning in with your ears, your hearts, your minds, and your inspiration. Today we've got an exciting podcast with your friend of mine, Bill Klum, and obviously Dr. David Wardy. David Wardy, how are you doing today, my brother? I'm good, brother. I'm excited to get into this today. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be dropping, or Bill's going to be dropping some amazing wisdom on his journey uh, deep into his heart and all the amazing people that he helps with uh, on this path. So I'm going to tell you a little bit of his background. Uh, he's come from a, a very different upbringing than where he is now. Um, grew up in England, 1947, moved to the United States as a toddler. Uh, his family was deep-rooted in the military system. Um, he became a certified federal aviation agency technician, uh, working on automob—sorry, uh, working on airplanes, aircraft—and uh, then moved into the automobile automobile industry, where he owned a successful business for over 30 years. And you know, he grew up, or he worked in this environment of fixing things, right? Fixing automobiles, planes, all the, all that kind of stuff. And now he's taken the journey inward and helping people fix some of the the stuff that's broken inside from the spirit. So uh, the importance of, uh, Bill teaches the importance of surrendering, opening up to, to the heart, the inner intelligence of the heart, the brightness within. And it's through this, this is what he guides people on in this journey towards profound healing by stepping into who you've come here to be. So he uses real-time practical healing tools to support and build the emotional muscle, the stuff that we just don't put our attention on, right? I mean, we spend time in the gym, we don't spend time in the emotional gym. And this process, he helps people discover their own strengths, the truth of who they are, and he does it with his amazing and beautiful wife, uh, Patricia, and they've created this, this movement, uh, this journey towards the sacred, sacredness of the heart and the true knowing, and it's called evolution of the heart. And it's the fundamental desire of people wanting to open up and live a lifetime of freedom. Uh, Bill, welcome to the show. There's more to be said on, on who you are, but I want you to dive in. You know, one of the things that... Uh, <clears throat> Dave and I talk about so much here is cellular healing in this network of communication that happens between our organs, our glands, or, you know, the physical apparatuses of the body. And uh, being a technician and someone who helps to fix, you know, architecture, structure, and, and, you know, make things work better, you do it through the soul, the heart, the, the emotional body. So uh, tell us how you went from uh, automobile technician and, and, and made this, you know, convergence into this other world. Wow, that's a, that's a big one. Well, you know, the thing is, innately, I think all of us have within self some sort of desire because I believe that that spark of light, when our soul is birthed and we're in that birth canal of humanity, you know, something is really stimulated there. And I believe it's like a seed, like a tree. We, everything comes with that seed already. And so as we're planted in the earth, you know, even a seed as it's moving forward and is planted in the earth, it takes a lot of pressure and pushing for it to finally get, boom, where the dirt breaks and that first light comes in. So it's like awakening where 
-hmm. in the movement, uh, this is the planet of awaking. It's not the hide and seek planet. It's the seen and found planet. And if that's not the one you're on, you're on the wrong planet. <laughs> There's no way out except your last breath. Mm. So how do you want to breathe that breath in this short lifetime that we have here? So the gravity of that really brings us to the heart. And I've discovered that the opening of the heart is truly our entrance through the emotional body. Information won't do it. I mean, information is great. But until the information's integrated and it becomes part of you, there's very little movement. Mm -hmm. So this dance on the planet related to pain and suffering, suffering is optional, pain is inevitable. Mm -hmm. It's just what do you do with the pain when it comes? Do you embrace it or do you run from it? And many in the planet, the feeling of uncomfortable is where we don't want to be. And so when we're appropriately comfortable with the uncomfortable, it's actually the movement of spirit. Mm -hmm. And what happens as you sit with it, and you guys are much more aware of the nervous system than I am, but in the awareness I have, I've seen it long enough when I've sat with the, the painful, the uncomfortable, and opened my heart to it and let it do whatever it needed to to work out in me, my whole nervous system resets. Mm -hmm. And I call that perturbation. It's like a... It's like an atom when it's compressed. It becomes more, and under great pressure, it explodes into more atoms and creates more energy. It's unrecognizable, and it's, it's the movement. It's like we're in that perturbation. When there's an explosion in our life, then there's a change. Mm -hmm. And the change, once we, when we wholeheartedly enter into it, knowing that it's permanent, there's no going back. Yeah. I mean, how many of you really want to go backwards, <laughs> you know, into the past, right? Because we're moving through that place, that place of contraction where we've been in contracted and not knowing and growing into this. And so there's only forward. There's no going back because it's only a graveyard to dig mm -hmm. too much in the past other than what's brought up to heal. Mm -hmm. And so our true belief is, is that, you know, being a mechanic, aircraft mechanic and a car mechanic for years and owning a shop. I used to believe that, you know, when I was done fixing cars, I would come home and try to fix my wife. <laughs> and you know what? It never worked very well. All That's I did, <laughs> all I did, you know, it, it, the, my present wife, Patricia, it really pisses her off when I try to fix her because I want her to be logical. <laughs> they're not logical. That's just not their state of being because their emotional body. And somebody said this to me and I was actually horrified. Imagine having 10 times the emotion you have now. I says, I can barely make it through what I got. So how could I ever? <laughs> and that's what they live with. Yeah. You know, they really do. They live with that. And it's just, uh, wow, I'm just thankful in this lifetime. God has allowed me to be a man this time. This is a lot more simple. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. Like, that's, a, that's a really big awareness to have, right? So yeah. being, being a man in a relationship or just being in a relationship and understanding that there's, there's no way for, for the, your partner, if you're a, a male and female in a relationship, to, to really to be understood fully emotionally. Because as men, we, we have a lower capacity to understand this explosion of emotion. Um, so how do, you, how do you, I think this is a good sort of segue into relationship discussion, but like 
how do you how do you help someone appreciate that? Because it's one thing to hear it, and then it's another thing to, to apply it. So maybe like how do you bring awareness to it, and then how does someone start to apply it in their lives? You know, that's really a great question because that's where many people in relationship. I know I was one of them when women would come up with this off the wall emotional stuff. I would say, "What's your problem?" Like. <laughs> If this continues, I'm out of here. I'm not going to listen to this crap. And I ended relationship after relationship not having any awareness that if I just sat, sat with it, you know, and I went through training for this too to really understand is that when I'm present with my wife and she's in an emotional state of being, it's in my best interest to be quiet. They don't want to be fixed. They don't want to be told what to do to be logical, they just want to express. Mm -hmm. And so as I stay present with my wife, I look at her directly in the eyes, her left eye to my left eye, I feel her heart when it opens and sometimes the emotions go really big. And I'm saying, oh baby, I can see we're in a storm now. And I embrace it and when she gets it all out, and I just ask, is there anything else? I'm present, I don't have any judgment of it. I just let it be what it is, and she'll cry, and I'll hold her. In that moment, I've just created intimacy because she, I've met all three. She's been seen, heard, and felt. Mm. Those three things, if you listen to your woman close enough, you'll hear those three come up. And they're doing it. They're giving us a clue. Sometimes men are clueless. I remember my wife would say something over and over for years. And it would finally dawn on me, and I said, oh, my gosh. Says, well, I've been telling you for three years. I says, I know you have. I just got it. Because <laughs> women are, the speed at which their electrical system works and their mind is actually six times faster than us. Hmm. And they're incredibly intuitive. It's, it's a natural state of being for women to be intuitive. They had to be from the past 2,000 years. Mm-hmm. You know, because they were really, you know, men really put them through the ringer in every way. Mm-hmm. And they've had a great fear of the feminine. If it evolves, what happens? You know, will I lose my power? So as we've evolved and my woman has that full expression and I've listened, felt, and heard her, at that moment, I've created intimacy. It could be in the kitchen. It could be outside. It could be anywhere. It's so different. We're like light switches. You know, one minute we're on and boom, the light switch is on. We're full on. And some men connect through the physicalness of sex where women don't necessarily connect that way. It has to be the intimate part first or foreplay or whatever you want to call it. Just that where they can kind of relax into it, where they feel safe. Mm -hmm. And then really the initiation of romance is really up to us. To, in, to invite them. Even, even like when you go to a restaurant, you know, the masculine is very directional. When we're in our masculine, we're, let's go here, let's turn right here. Now, I notice when my wife wants to give me directions, <laughs> I don't know how many times she tells me to turn the wrong way. So I stopped asking. I don't ask for directions anymore. <laughs> and I, you know, it really pisses me off when I miss a turn. I'm a, li- I'm a little bit uh, rigid, you know, rigidity kind of is something I'm working on. But 
you know, we're very directional. Like when they go to a restaurant, we're together. Say like you're going to take your wife out to dinner tonight or tomorrow. They don't want to make any choices. They would prefer that you figure out what they really want. And it's important for us because they're always dropping hints. We don't always hear them. So when they drop that hint, really listen to it. And when you go to the restaurant, pick the right one. And you know where your wife or your significant other wants to, to sit. I see so many people saying, where do you want to sit? Well, where do you want to sit? And that's just the feminine that's so indecisive. And that's just the feminine. It's okay. But in the moment, I step into presence in my masculine. And I'm saying, how would you like this one over here? This one seems quite well. And my wife knows that I've picked the right one for her. I, it's not 100% every time, but I mean, I would say I get it right nine, nine times out of 10. But just those little things like that, they, they want that direction. They want to feel safe. They want to be heard. Even if it sounds crazy or silly, I listen anyway because my wife constantly, do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And Sometimes I don't. I say, oh, yes, baby, I, I got it. I really heard you. And you know what? Sometimes, even, even in, in nature itself, you know the ants lie. Did you know that? No, let's hear this. In the ant colonies, ants lie. Some of the ants don't want to work, and they're lazy. Hmm. And they'll go off and hide, and they have a police force in the ant colony that goes back and gets them and puts them back to work. No kidding. <laughs> so, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, amazing. it's every default we see in our humanities in nature somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and so... So there's a place where, you know, sometimes I think it's for the higher good to just say yes. Not because I'm out of integrity or anything, but sometimes it would be another hour of explaining if I said, well, I don't understand. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I'll just take the shortcut, <laughs> but I, I don't recommend it. I don't highly recommend it. But you said, you said like, you know, and, and I've heard this before and then I repeat this and women women need to feel safe and men need to feel supported. And yes. so in that place of safety, sometimes just saying, I hear you, I don't, and I don't know, maybe you correct me if I'm wrong, but maybe you say, I don't totally know what it is to feel what you're feeling, but I definitely hear you. And, and, I'll, and maybe that's where you say, I, I don't need to know any more details, just know that I've got your back or whatever. But um, I know Dave, David's got some interesting insight just because his, his wife, uh, Clarissa, who's an amazing woman, has been challenged many times with uh, autoimmunity and different flare-ups that he's brought up on the show. And, and um, you know, David, maybe, like, you know, in some of those times where it's, you know, tension's high or there's stress, you know, what, what do you fall back on? And then how, can you, how do you reflect on what Bill's talking about here? Well, it's interesting what Bill's sharing, and I think that's honestly gold for any man that is listening to this podcast right now because I, I feel like, a lot of relationships and marriages that, you know, the, the seen, felt and heard aspect is one of the missing ingredients that they're, that they're just not understanding that needs to be had there. Right. I, 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 when he was talking right now, when Bill was explaining this, I'm laughing to myself because I can just see Clarissa looking at me when I keep throwing in my logical two cents and it's just <laughs> kind of like, shut up, David, I don't really care what you think right now. I just need you to listen. And you know, we make those mistakes all the time, right? We keep thinking that they just need to hear it from us, right? They need to hear more to, and we're, we're going to fix all their problems. But Bill's right. I mean, they really just want to be heard. 
they want, I'm guessing they want that empathy from us. Right. And they want to feel that connection that like, we're going to take care of them, that they're safe. And when Clarissa, you know, and I think this is just honestly for anybody, when we're, when we're in these high levels of, of stress and we don't feel well or our health isn't the best, I think that we, we kind of become exposed as this hot nerve. And from an emotional standpoint, there's just more sensitivity there. And I feel like emotionally as the man or the husband, if you're not feeling those, those voids that they need at that time, it just, they stay in that state longer and you can just add to the stress. So I've noticed like with her, yeah, the emotional part of her health plays a huge role in, in uh, her healing and where she's been with many things in her life. But I mean, I think a couple of episodes back, we talked about that, about how she had this big breakthrough for herself on an emotional standpoint. But you look at just general interaction on a daily basis with your, your significant other and what Bill's saying, I mean, that's, that's huge. And how many people aren't doing that? How many males are not doing that for their wives? And that's why maybe their marriage is suffering. Well, it, it chips away at intimacy. When a woman doesn't feel heard, seen, or felt, she also begins to doubt her beauty. Mm-hmm. And women are really doubtful. Like, it's just like when they go upstairs to get ready and they come down, they want to dazzle you. Mm-hmm. They'll pick the earring that matches the belt buckle or the toe ring or whatever clip is on the shoe. Or, and, and, and some of them might have 50 sets of earrings and, and 20 or 30 belts. And so they painstakingly go through this trying to look beautiful. Like Patricia will run down sometimes and she'll say, how's this look? I said, baby, it looks great. Let's go. And she says, well, I just got to go back upstairs. So another half hour goes by, <laughs> you know, and I'm wanting to go. And she how's this? Baby, it looks amazing. Let's go. <laughs> and she says, I got to see something upstairs. So I know it takes usually about three times. And then the final time, I just say, it couldn't get any better. You look so beautiful. I am so proud to take you out. And, you know, and she'll smile because she's really worked hard in a way to find that place of where she looks beautiful for me. Mm-hmm. And so when they doubt their beauty and we're not giving that to them, you know, if they're not getting, people aren't getting at home what they feel they should be receiving, they end up and look for somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And so it's important as, as men, awakening men, that we really pay attention to all these nuances that they're actually offering us so that we can see who they are. Mm-hmm. And, and then on this, yeah. I was going to say, just on, on those notes, like for any women that are listening, it's, this, isn't, this isn't a critique of women not being emotionally strong. It's, it's, it's in fact that women are more emotionally, you know, congruent with themselves of what's actually going on. We're just more logical in our thinking. And so it's just finding a way to interface with one another that's harmonious as, a, as opposed to a disruptive something or rather that's going to lead down a path of, you know, ultimate destruction or fighting or, or whatever else. So it's, I love how you bring awareness to it because it's like constantly bringing more presence into your relationship. How can I be more here? How can I be a better listener? How can I, help my my life partner who I chose, you know, in this experience. And how do I just be more of me so that she can be more of her, right? And it's not to say, I mean, I think the things that we're talking about aren't to say that they're fragile creatures. They're they're exponentially more emotionally um, stronger progress than we do in our, our ability to, like, 
perceive the world emotionally. It's just they're just processing a whole lot more than we are. Yeah. <clears throat> well, you know, the thing is, um, it's a good point. Women are actually emotionally stronger than men. And men, it's interesting as, you know, in our work, it's been mainly women for a lot of years. And now it's, it's a lot more men coming in that uh, really want to learn to know, to open their hearts. And it's a powerful thing when a man opens his heart as it is for a woman. Mm-hmm. And this, being seen, heard, and felt is probably one of the most important things you'll do in your relationship in creating intimacy. And true intimacy is what really keeps us together, you know, growing together. Because you either grow apart or you grow together. And relationship, I've noticed you guys have probably been in relationship long enough to know this. There's kind of an ebb and flow in relationship. There's a coming together and then there's a moving apart, you know, doing your own work, your relationship to divinity, and then a coming back together, that filling up and then that moving apart. None of us can be like that all the time, 24-7. Everybody needs space in relationship. And so that space is the space where we have the opportunity to grow. And women, getting back to men and their emotional bodies, it's interesting. I've worked with just so many different people, people that have been warriors and military. And, and you know, they're tough men outside, and they know how to do that. But inside and inside, there's that place that that child of God is. And wherever he's been traumatized through this war experience, kind of stalemates him in that age. And so men really bury their feelings really deep. And they're so afraid because we've been taught, like my dad says, son, don't you cry. You want to be a man, you don't cry. No matter how bad I was hurting, I was told not to. And so for many years, I went through my life with my emotional body kind of compressed. And actually, I was depressed through most of my life. Mm -hmm. And then as I started to do the heart work, I've said, oh my God, wow, I had a lot more feelings than I was aware of. And that depression that I carried through most of my lifetime finally lifted because I was able to express. I think depression, a lot of it is the inability or not knowing or having it demonstrated how to be with this life so we hold it in. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, I'm not sure, but I'll just say this of the belief that our emotional body can create some of the diseases in our beings. I've just watched it even in myself mm-hmm. where I've created something by what I hold on to. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, we're, you know, we're huge believers in that. You know, we, we're, you know, me and Nick talk about all the time. I mean, our thoughts affect our physiology and at a serial level, your thoughts can literally make you sick. I mean, we talk about Dr. Bruce Lipton's work all the time. But you know what, Bill, this is an awesome segue because before we started recording, you were kind of talking a little bit about where the man used to be, your grandfather, your father, and what type of man that was. And then now the modern man, how we're becoming more aware and and we have the information of understanding more of what we're made of. But how do we move towards that? How do we, you know, integrate these things and understanding what we're made of, what that makeup is, and how to dial into these things? And, and really just express what we are as men. Because I think, I believe it is very different now in this day and age than it was when you go back generations back. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can really feel people's hearts. You know, I can even feel yours, David. 
there's a level of, of, of something that's wanting to integrate and to release. And it comes to the emotional body. It's hard for men to accept the emotional thing. I mean, when I hit my emotional body and self-forgiveness, I cried for years and I said, when is this ever going to stop? When it stops, you know, you figured if we've held 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years plus of emotion we've never looked at or felt or the traumas we've experienced or even that which has come through our DNA, how would we know what to do with it? And so the vehicle of the emotional body is what releases us. When the heart opens, all of that, everything that's not love or light begins to come up and to heal. And so when you are on the inquiry of life and questioning life, it's enlightenment really is what are you willing to surrender to? It's not an upper pedestal or an echelon because in, in the aspect of universal truth, it belongs to everybody, not to any one particular person or religion, even as good as our work is, I like to think we're it. And sometimes I have, and I've, those corrections have come in. You just hold the space for this part, but you are not the absolute fullness of truth. You have a piece of truth that moves through you that is a contribution to the whole. So when you're willing to take a look inside and to feel your feelings as a man and be honest about it and feel free enough where the environment's safe where you can actually let the tears out, it really begins to heal the heart. And men have a lot to offer. And, and you know, the women have been praying for us for centuries now or millennia, millenniums to come into our own. And I really believe where some of us are really hearing the call of that to really investigate, to take a look. <clears throat> I don't know if I'm fully answering your question, but I want to make sure if you have. No, no, you, I mean, you are absolutely. So So how does, you know, for, for our listeners, how does somebody go about even just getting that started? Because, you know, everything you're saying, I can totally resonate. I mean, me and Nick talk about even when we were younger, how that facade of being a man and what we were, we were what we thought we were supposed to be, what a man is versus what we're actually understanding what we're all about now and what the makeup of, of this modern man is. And it's okay to show, you know, uh, sensitivity and it's okay to show weakness sometimes and it's okay to cry. And, you know, all these things that I think were taboo if you go back 40, 50 years, right? Yes. There, there is this like toughness and, Oh, you don't do that. I'm a man. Right. So we see this shift taking place and, how would somebody just even get started down that road if they know there's things that need to change about themselves? Well, you find places that resonate with truth, presence, and where you feel safe that work with the emotional body and, and just begin to participate. I mean, that's how it, I started with Tony Robbins like in 1995. <coughs> in my big opening, I was a pastor for many years, a Catholic before that, then a born-again Christian, and then I would just on the search and saying, there's got to be more than this. And I did the fire walk. You know, I walked the fire. I was a single parent with three children, and my kids were more grown up than I was, and I said, something's got to change. I don't know what to do. So I walked that fire on behalf of my children, and that really opened my heart, and I just kept finding places that did heart work where I could really feel the shifts and changes happening. I didn't want to just talk about it, be where people talk about it. I wanted to experience it. I wanted to know it for me inside. And so one of the biggest movements other than facing my emotional body 
and all the healing that I needed to do. Uh, I would say 80% of the illusion has cracked, and so now I'm sitting in the place more of clarity of purpose in my life. And the biggest movement for me was I was complaining. I'm saying, God, I cry about everything now. Even my daughter, who's 29. Hey, Dad, we're going to this movie. You're going to cry. I said, well, you probably are too. <laughs> so we just given each other permission to cry. And we sit there and we both just cry together. You know, And it, it's beautiful to know that I can connect with my daughter so profoundly and, and embrace the emotional body. So I went to somebody to inquire about these tears that have been going on for so long. And I says, I'm afraid as a man, I'm getting too soft and I, I don't want that. And so she said, pick a symbol. I picked the star of David and the energy of that started moving, moving. And she says, okay, breathe into that place of where you're not wanting to feel too much and feel it fully. And then know that the softness that you're experiencing actually is your strength. Hmm. it's your gift. And ever since I embraced the divine feminine within myself, I fell backwards in, in a, like a vision and mother earth caught me. And it's the first time in my life that I have ever felt fully safe hmm. and, and grounded. So that's an aspect that I, I didn't want to look at for a long time because <clears throat> there was judgments about feeling the feminine. I, I was afraid I might be gay, even that's a judgment. Mm -hmm. And it just was that wanting to open because we all have a mother and father. And so I would say my core being is 70% masculine, 30% feminine. That's the balance. And you notice the balance goes the other way. Is there anything wrong or right? No, they're just different. Mm -hmm. Everybody comes in different. And so acceptance is a, a really big piece of awareness. I mean, just by the fact, David, that you're asking these questions means that it's already happening. Spirit's going to give you those answers because you asked. And if it truly comes from the depth of your heart, you will receive the very thing that you're asking for. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. You know what's crazy about that, Bill, is I, th I feel like so many men resist what you just said. The moment they start to feel that, they immediately will slam themselves away from it because they think it's bad. They think, oh, I'm not supposed to be feeling this way. This isn't good for me. This isn't normal. And yet that's where a lot of the healing is emotionally for them, and they need to tap into that. They need to embrace that. And we talk about things with our health all the time. Of We resist a lot of times these things that we need to move towards, towards in our life. And, those, and we just go in the opposite direction. And if people just knew better that, that resistance is where you need to look. That resistance is where you need to keep digging. And it's no different just with just being a man in this day and age and, and opening up to that feminine side and being okay with that. I've held so many men in my arms, young and old, that really let go. That One of them was a profound Afghan warrior. You know, in the military there twice. And, you know, they call it in the U.S., I'm, I live here, fighting for God and country. And he said, Bill, it was anything but that. And I did a lot of horrible things. I mean, once you're in and you're given an order, you've got to do it or you're going to be court-martialed or go to prison. So you're kind of forced into this place not knowing that's what it is. And you're asked to do things that you would never consider. And for some of these men to carry it, it's really hard. They don't know what to do. They're afraid to emote, and yet they're dying inside. 
emotionally, and they don't know what to do. And this one guy said, Bill, I've done the drugs. I've seen the psychologist. Six of my friends have committed suicide. Can you help me? <laughs> in my heart, I'm saying, God, you always put me in the impossible. So what do you want me to do with this, man? I'm saying this inside. I'm in a workshop. And I heard, tell him everything's possible. And then I just went to work, put my heart up against his, asked him to take a deep breath, as we all know how to do. And the moment we breathed together, the light would come in. And boom, the light hit him. And he's moved to a different place of that. A lot of people are committed suicide from all that. A lot of young men in this country. It's really sad to see them leaving so young because they don't know how to get out of it. They don't know what to do. The pain and the suffering is so deep, they don't know where to go. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the indication for us to really turn our hearts inward to take a look and to find out in that infinite space of us where the answer is. It's already there. There's nothing to seek because you already have it. It's just what are you willing to open to and surrender to to really receive? Yeah, I love that because it's, it's asking men to, to reprogram or, or to recognize a truer identity within and, and to let go of that one, that, that story they've been telling themselves for, for as long as they have. And, and, and you've got an interesting story because, you know, you came from a background that had none of that, like you talked about, you know, just don't, don't cry and all that, all, you know, all those stories that, that just become a part of who you are, this mask that we wear, how we interpret our surroundings and our world. And, uh, and you also found mentorship, right? Maybe you can talk a little bit about, you know, sometimes we need other people, people we trust and, and, and see that are living a life that's inspired or purposeful or whatever. And we need a mentor that, that, that can show us that, you know, this is possible. There's actually another way of operating this world. And, and maybe you can speak to some of that because I know you've had some pretty amazing ones. Yeah. I, I mean, Tony was a good opener for me and, and I was, thank God for that at the time. Cause I was staying up every night praying, you know, being a single parent, you know, how can I do this differently? And then I'd stay up late at night. And then of course, all those infomercials come on the mop one, the hair that, <laughs> that draws your hair out and cuts it was it draws it and the, the super mops and then tony robbins would come on in between <laughs> and i was desperate then i really was desperate wanting a way out i didn't know what to do i couldn't sleep and then i saw tony and he at that time he was in fiji and i surf in fiji i used to surf there a lot and the fijian people are just amazing awake people i love it there and when I saw that smile on him, I knew that that was that really came from his heart. And so I went and I signed up for his program. And then I, I outgrew it because my heart was wanting to go to more depth and more depth. And so I just kept, and I finally stumbled through and found my mentor. And thank God, I almost didn't recognize the gift that he had because I was so arrogant and thinking, at that time, I, I had studied and went through a lot of courses, had a lot of certifications. So I felt that qualified me, but yet I really wasn't truly living in my heart. And so he really went after me as a man. He knew right where to push in, <clears throat> what I would take, what I would do. And it was really hard at times because it was like 19 women and me. And he would humble me time after time in front of these women. And I felt like the worst person on the planet 
and how could they ever connect with me? And I'd go to lunch and sit at the end of the table, and they'd all come down and put their arms on my shoulder. Bill, that was amazing. And I'm thinking, what? <laughs> and they said, no, that's amazing. We just surprised you sat through it because most men leave, and we have hope for our men now. minute I turned left that final 20 miles to go to his workshops I was scared every time because I knew I was going into uncharted areas that I'd never looked or felt or seen had no idea what would come up and just everything got revealed and you know when it's revealed it's healed mm -hmm. sometimes healing it's tough when you face what's really there it takes all the courage that's when you discover courage actually is when you're in the foxhole of life is when you really come to know your divinity, you come to know God, you come to know who you are. And if everything went as expected, then the mind ego would still be running the show on the planet. We've seen enough of that already. Mm -hmm. It's time, the hearts are emerging now and people are making a difference like you guys. Mm -hmm. You know, you're out there, man. I have such, I don't know you, David, or what you do, I, uh, you know, but I know what Nick does. And it's been so valuable to me, the knowledge and the information. I, I did the 90-day um, detox, mm -hmm. and I discovered the tooth, that's uh, the uh, what do you call it, the root canal, mm -hmm. that I haven't felt well for about six months. And I, I went and did it and found out this tooth is infected, the uh, root canal. And they took that off Netflix. Yeah, they did. The root cause, right? Did you watch that documentary again? Yeah. Yeah, that's what made me decide Nick told me about it and I listened to uh, the cardiologist and the uh, chiropractor and I was convinced but Patricia's bill you need to look at this again and I did and followed through on it and this could be the very thing because mm -hmm. it's in the meridians of my lungs mm -hmm. and my heart or liver and I really believe I can hardly wait to get this tooth removed mm -hmm. but I'm just saying the cutting edge of how would that's a needle in a haystack how would anybody ever know that mm -hmm. i could go through my lifetime feeling like this and a chiropractor and a cardiologist yeah it's it's the root canal yeah <laughs> i feel blessed that i <laughs> have found this and it was started with you nick you know like i i believe the cutting edge uh, this is really a, a big field that's really opening for you Healing naturally. Yeah, I mean, David's right there with me. I mean, he's in El Paso. Yeah. He's like neighbors to you, I guess, a couple of states over. But yeah, there's 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 a there's a number of doctors that are that are being trained enough to to be able to share this information, and and it's people like you that that choose to take that information and start to apply it to change your lives. And you know, I, I think it's fascinating that you know you've been on this journey of surrender and vulnerability and heart opening. Um, to come full circle back to the physical body to find a connection to something that's affecting the physical heart, right? And and you're putting all these pieces together. Like, let's let's take for example someone who, you know, stayed as a mechanic, you know, surrounded by tons of toxicity and whatever, and, and never took that journey towards the heart. You know, maybe cardiovascular disease would have happened a whole lot sooner. You know, I mean, you change your diet, you went into those emotional wounds, you've, you've uncovered pieces of yourself that you never would have had you not answered that call to dive deeper. And, you know, no doubt that's all those things together is what's allowed you to live such a, like, you know, vibrant, energy-filled life, right? And, and that's a message to all men that, you know, 
what Bill is talking about here is paying attention, right? Just the power of observations, starting to surrender and listen, open to vulnerability and go into those spaces and cracks and nooks and crannies that are uncomfortable. And in doing so, you start to reveal so much more about yourself. And, you know, we're talking about emotional stuff and the emotional body, but really it's affecting, permeating every physical structure in the system. Well, when we talk about the courage to look, like Bill's saying, just having the courage to look inward for these problems. I think everybody by default looks outward for these things. They think that the answer lies somewhere outside of them versus understanding that I would, I mean, Nick, how often would you say that the answer lies within like almost every time? Yeah. But it's our ability to see it, like you're saying, and then have the courage, if it's an emotional thing, to go in after it. Or if it's physical, to look like, like Bill's saying, yeah, it's a needle in a haystack. But the funny thing about that, Bill, is there were studies in the 50s tying in dental procedures to heart disease. So it's not new. You know, we say cutting edge. We're just finally looking for these things as causation because look, yeah. we're looking for root cause. But, you know, this stuff's been around for a long time. But now there's finally doctors like us that are saying, hey, look for these things. These are like, yeah, they may be a needle in a haystack, but that could be the, the cause of why you're having this issue. Hmm. Yeah, I, I laughed at that one because it reminded me myself, I've done all that stuff, the cupping, the acupuncture, da 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 all, all down the line just to feel better. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I'm just thankful that I, I have a place to go. Mm-hmm. You know, I can do the IVs and follow the protocols and I know it, it's made a difference. Mm-hmm. It's made a difference. My clarity, my mental clarity is better. And so as we go into the depth of our hearts, it's actually the gem within us. It's the gold you've always been looking for. When you discover that within self and find that love within self, it's actually falling in love with self. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it seems selfish to religious people. And, and like you said, most everybody, not everybody, I would say most are looking outside for love. And what happens is when the, that, that's the mind relating. It's not the heart relating. It's a lot of relating comes from the mental body. And it calculates, well, if I give her this and give him this or that, then I'll get this. And therefore, you've set up for failure. Because if it's not coming from the heart, where is it really coming from? Mm-hmm. So we're just in this generation really coming in to know the heart. And and it's the infinite space of where everything is possible. It embraces everything. It holds everything in place, that infinite space of the heart. And it unfolds. It's exciting. It's once you get the bite of consciousness and you feel the shift and change in your being, you just want more. (laughs) Oh, it it feels amazing. You know, quick story just from my personal experience with, you know, and Bill, you can tell me if I'm, I'm on the same wavelength here, but... You know, in the past, I would say that maybe the past couple of years, one of the big things that shifted for me is just being a healer and a doctor to help people was, I think part of me as the doctor would always close myself off a little bit to my patients, almost like a protective mechanism to not get too close to them. Yeah. And in the past couple of years, what's happened is I've become 
more exposed and open with my heart to the individuals that I work with. And because I work so closely with them for such long periods of time, there's just this deeper connection now. And I feel it in the, at the heart level to where like I get choked up. I cry in front of patients. Now I go home and I'll, I'll get choked up talking to my wife about cases that we have. But I feel that because I've been able to connect on and open more at the heart level with my patients, I've become a better doctor. I've become a better healer. I've become a better person just as dad, as husband, you know, as a friend, um, and just so many aspects of my life. And it's been nothing but rewarding for me. It's, 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 it's like you're saying, it's an awakening. You feel like you level up to a better place in your world. Well, I call it the essence of wholeheartedness, that when we begin to feel ourselves fully and embrace it, it brings us into balance. Nobody's broken needs to be fixed. We're just out of balance. And there's been so much untruth of what people think it is or what people offer it to be. And when you come to know the truth in your heart and you experience the movement in the moment, you know it's real. That's what we do in our workshops. People know it's real. Everybody has an opening of some sort. And some of them have more than they were aware would be coming in. It's just... It really depends on the willingness of your heart. And and I just don't believe that we're pushed into it. But I, I did want to go back to relationship real quick. Relationship accelerates consciousness. <laughs> I, I totally agree with you, man. Because <laughs> what happens when we come into relationship, if there's any of our wounded child within that has not healed, we unconsciously take it out on our partner. Mm-hmm. And so what we end up in is a reactionship rather than a relating. And so when we start pushing into each other, it, there's a place of where I say, don't lean on another, but lean into each other. When you come together and say, hey, wow, I really noticed this hasn't been working well when I say this or that. What could I do differently? Mm-hmm. You know, do you have any suggestions? And one of the questions I ask my wife, how am I doing it loving you? Am I doing a good job? Yeah. Do you have anything that you would like more of or less of? And we found it's really important to be honest with each other when those questions are asked. And she asked me the same. How am I doing it loving you? What could I do differently? And I said, well, this and this. And she does it. When she asks me to do something, I do it. And so there's the place where we're on the same page and we're rotating together in the same orbit where relationship, as it continues, You have new openings into intimacy that you never thought were possible. Ways of being to each other. And there's just such a beauty of when you come in relationship, when your cup is full and her cup is full, you're not coming on the basis of need. You're coming by choice. Because of what that person holds and what you hold for each other. You, you said so many gems there, uh, and I, I want to reiterate a couple things and maybe even get you to dive in a little bit deeper on a, a couple concepts that, I, that you've taught me before. But I love how you called it reactionship versus relationship. Yeah. That's huge. <laughs> We're all playing out our child versions of ourselves in relationships as you, as you spoke to, and it's that, that one word you know, spells out so much. And then the second one, which I'm hoping you can dive into a little bit more because this one hit home so deeply for me, is where you – Instead of leaning on one another, you lean in. 
And when I think of that, I think of like you're opening your your vulnerability center. You're you're, you're opening yourself to vulnerability so you can be available, but you're not like dumping your crap and leaning on somebody. You're you're leaning into them with an open heart. Um, and maybe you can just sort of speak to that a little bit more because I think that's that's beautiful. That's a big piece because you know, like in in intimate relationships, as you have. Um, it's so easy to get offended. And, and I know, men, we get hurt so easily. We retract like right away. Oh, no, it doesn't hurt. No, everything's okay. How do you feel? Good. And we're done. <laughs> and so the practice is, is when, when you're most wanting to withdraw from your significant other in relationship, that's the time to open. Mm. When it hurts the most, open and become vulnerable and i've been saying that for years and then it happened you know like women are always saying i want you to be more intimate i want you know da 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 you probably heard that could you be a little softer could you be a little kinder you're a little too harsh you said that word you try and, and they remember everything <laughs> i usually forget but they remember like elephants they remember everything <laughs> you can do really good 365 days of the year but you know on 366 do you know what? Do you remember what you did when you did and you said this? <laughs> they remember. <laughs> and it almost discredits the 365 days that you've been right on or spot on. Yeah. So that's just the nature of women. But, and so in that place where you most want to withdraw, and I stayed present with my wife, and I says, I'm, I'm really hurt. It really hurt me, but I'm feeling so raw and vulnerable. I just want to know. Here I am. I'm still present, you know, and we've had an upset. So stay here, stay present with me because I want to heal this. And it takes work. Sometimes it's really uncomfortable. And yet the uncomfortable, when you stay with it long enough and you keep moving forward, all the support of the universe comes in to show you how to heal this and how to move further. Because whatever you heal, whatever Nick heals, whatever I heal in relationship goes out into consciousness. That's how important healing really is for us, to really come into that place of wholeheartedness and really heal this planet. There's nothing we can do about the big picture other than what we can do within self. Mm -hmm. As we all heal, that go, it's processional. It goes out to everybody in consciousness. So it's really important to really stay with those raw, vulnerable feelings and allow yourself to grow into it. And what happens in the long run when you're feeling that, that's your heart is open. Mm -hmm. That's how the heart opens. And as you sit with it and become more comfortable with it, you notice the intimacy begins to reach out to everybody, your clients, your family. Family is the biggest challenge, you know, for, for everybody. Mm -hmm. But when you grow into the light that you are, just show up with your light. Nothing needs to change. Just be the light that you are with your family. You don't need to talk about it. They'll feel it. Mm -hmm. And that's powerful. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's amazing. I yeah. tell you what, what you just described is what we all need to do. All of us men, you know, we do need to rise up and take responsibility for that. And yet it's really friggin' hard to do. Yeah. I've, I've, yeah. He's been telling me this stuff for the last couple of years. And, and, and I finally, I think over the last six months or so, I've really started to, apply this more and it's so not easy to do and i've had more sessions with bill over the last little while just to help to refine this and 
but man is it 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 works it just it just does because you're showing up and you're just starting to like go into the really like where you don't want to go you don't want to talk about stuff that you feel like you've it's already been sorted out in your mind and it's done you, you have to die but you have to go into the discomfort of it and that, that's where your woman's challenging you to go or you know your, your partner whoever that is for you and if you don't go into it you're missing on this opportunity to raise the vibration of us as a couple right and and i keep thinking of that like how can i serve better how can i heal our hearts more so we can be better versions of ourselves so we can grow together so we can affect more people and create bigger impact and when you take the level of responsibility off of like the ego and like how the mind is trying to decide how things are supposed to go and start to put it onto the level of the relationship which then affects the level of the family and which then you know reverberates out from there it starts to go okay well i've got responsibility i've got some big shoes to fill i got to start moving into this and it's really hard but it's it's the thing that we all need to do well you know looking at you two men here i know you're not afraid of hard work that's true and awakening is hard work <laughs> and it takes courage to feel your feelings as men yeah. and as you feel the depth of your heart you're actually feeling god mm. feeling what god feels and when your heart resonates with divinity like that nothing can stop you you're on your path it's happening it's opening i'm 72 this year and i'm still opening i watch people that are my age 72 their lives are closing their lives are shrinking mine's opening yeah you know the mind can come in and you said something earlier david about the mind how the mind can convince you that you're dying i've seen this with people that actually were convinced they were dying and shriveled down to 75 pounds with a walker where the mind was so powerful because when the fear is more stronger than the love you're going backwards that's yeah. so true man and yeah. you see it you see it so much in in older individuals on the latter part they they made up like it's 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 their time's done I mean, I even hear my parents do that all the time and I get, I get upset with them. I'm like, why do you talk like that? Like, you know, you're creating your reality of what you think this is and you're still living your life and you're already starting to put yourself like in a handicapped position mentally just because you think, because you're in your mid sixties that, oh, I've only got so much time left. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the opposite of what we really need to be doing. I'm with you, Bill. I mean, you're still expanding and you're still growing all the way to the end, no matter where you're Absolutely. at in the timeline of life. I watched my mentor do it. My mentor died last year. I was with him for about 12 years. And out of all the mentors I had, he was the only one that ever stayed fully in integrity all the way through. Mm -hmm. And I had teachers that weren't. And it was such a disappointment to me as a student. But, you know, all teachers eventually fall off the pedal so somewhere because we're meant to find the teacher within. You know, they have to fall off the pedestal because we're, we're to find that teacher, that, that master that's already in you. What's more pow powerful, more students or more masters? We need more masters on the planet because when the masters arise, the students come. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be grounded in our work and firm and solid in our work. And then the miracles happen. They're, they're, they're organic. They're just as 
Organics is what you do in your work. When, when you get the IV, it's all organic. It works organically. It treats you organically. And so when we become that organic, it's a natural state of being to be in our heart. My emotions come and go. They flow. I don't even bother with it anymore. And when I felt the divine feminine, you know, because we ha used, to, used to be like mainly women, me being the one man there sometimes, the women would always hold back because they could feel that place where I had not yet went to the depth of my being. And when I opened to the divine feminine and felt that and accepted the softness, the women let me in. And I started working more with the women in deeper areas. But it was only because that's why women want us to go to the depth of who we are as men. That's what they want is your depth. Mm -hmm. They want you to, to open your heart and go there. And so when you do, it really is an awesome thing to live in your heart with another. Mm -hmm. It's just so awesome. And, you know, I don't know what else I could say about it. It's so experiential. You know, I could talk about it a lot. But when you experience that state of being, you're definitely in your opening. Bill, do you think you could uh, talk about, you know, I think it's a good time to start talking about a little bit about your work and the workshops that you offer and do and how people can, can reach you and learn more about uh, this process. Yeah, thank you. Um, evolutionoftheheart.com. My personal phone number is on there. Our website is just coming out. It's taken us forever to get it up. We do workshops all up and down the West Coast from Vancouver all the way to San Diego. Mm -hmm. And uh, we like people to cross-pollinate once they've experienced us. We like them to experience other communities that are conscious in different parts of the states, different cities, so that we can see the movement that Spirit is doing in the midst. So we hold weekends. Mm -hmm. We do meditations, and then we do hands-on healing. I use my hands a lot, and um, I've used it to heal surgeons, you know, doctors, surgeons, mm -hmm. psychiatrists, whoever, children, men, women. It's just when we sit together, it's not because of me. Me and Patricia, we definitely hold the space, and we know how to hold the space. We hold the space so divinity can come in. Mm -hmm. And that's how the impossible is constantly done in the work. And then sometimes I'm saying, I don't know what's going to happen. I just know by holding the space, I'm holding the space for it to happen. Mm -hmm. And the deeper I go and open in this work, the deeper my wife goes, the stronger the energy comes. And more and more I realize, yes, it does have something to do with me, but 95% has to do with us holding the space so that God can work in the room. Mm -hmm. I know some people don't like the word God, so choose another great spirit, divine intelligence, whatever works for you. I like great spirit. Mm -hmm. And so we just take people as deep as they want to go. Any trauma, any hurt, any relationship stuff. We had four couples. We sit people down and we help them move through what they can't move through. We role play and we sit in to demonstrate it. I demonstrate when a woman's upset with a man how to be with them. When they go into that feminine storm, and then when they've watched me sit through it, then we have the privilege of allowing you to sit through it so you know how to go through it. So it's experiential. It's a place of deep training to where you can let it all out. It's your playground. It's your place where you can try it on and see if it fits. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then we also, believe it or not, in the depth of where we go, so much fun comes in mm -hmm. to lighten up the load of what you've let go of and what you've opened to.
And I don't know I can actually put it into words, but everybody has an experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we do sessions, and it's just amazing to me. I, I'm just an ordinary guy, and I've been living on the planet for a while. And my heart is open, and it's just amazing when men are willing what God will do through us. Mm -hmm. Everything's possible. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what you do, who you're married to, how much money you have. Mm -hmm. It's available. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Thank you. There, there's so many nuggets in this in this episode. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back and listen to it again, and you know, download some more of the the billisms, the, the wisdom you've got. And, <laughs> yeah, consciousness. You're getting some pretty big hits, Nick. I can see your body's. Whoa. You Yeah. No, you're like a sponge, man. So now. <laughs> You get to integrate this. That's the important part is the integration. Definitely. And uh, for everybody listening too, right? I mean, yeah. there's, there's pieces in here that most people probably have never really taken the time to appreciate. And so just the fact that we're bringing this into words, into a construct for people to understand, uh, you know, it's something you feel. It's not something you, you know, intellectualize. It, it has to be right. experience, which is what your weekends are all about. So we, we often uh, leave a podcast with some, some home play, we call it, just some things that the, the listeners uh, can start to practice uh, on their own. So what would you uh, recommend for people, you know, David asked this question before too, to start to move into this space of discovery and awareness of heart opening? Like what are some, uh, some what's a home play assignment that they can do for themselves? Well, the first thing I really think, this is just my personal belief, <clears throat> is how deep is your yes? In the depth of your yes, when it comes from your heart, it is the activator to call in the universe, all the guides and all the divine beings, any amorphous light that you identify with, come in to move you forward into this opening. And so as you're opening into this and you have a strong yes, as the truth begins to come, allow yourself to receive and relax into it. There's really nothing to do. It's not about the struggle because the ego itself wants to evolve also. It will only evolve when it surrenders to your heart. Mm -hmm. The heart begins to outgrow the mind. The mind is a good thing. It's the on and off switch. Ground, breathe, walk in the forest, connect with Mother Nature, meditate, and drink water. Mm -hmm. Those are our practices. Now, I was raised Catholic, and that wasn't enough for me, but... <laughs> I thought, well, I'd probably if I was nailed to a cross, it would be more effective. <laughs> That's the old paradigm that has shifted because we're yeah. we're all moving into devotion. Mm. Yeah. Mm. When I would and I would tell our listeners, like we talked about having the courage. You know, when you start looking inward, like Bill's saying, just allow it, but be okay and have the courage to. You're going to see some stuff, maybe that you don't like about yourself along the way because that was my personal experience on my journey. I realized there were things I wasn't happy about myself and it's okay to feel those things. And like you're saying, be okay with feeling it because those are the things I think we stray away from. We're conscious of them, but we, we run in the other direction. So run towards it, right, Bill? You need to run towards these that, things. That's, yes, I like that. I might quote you. <laughs> 
There's lots of things to quote here. You guys said a lot of good things too that really solidify. Yeah, thank you. Well, it's such a pleasure having you on the podcast, Bill. Thank you so much for sharing your heart and your wisdom. And um, I'm sure everyone who listens is going to just realize a new depth to themselves because they're they're going to be forced to listen and forced to, to pay attention and have that courage. So. Thank you again, gentlemen, for the invite. God bless both of you, all of you out there in the audience. I send all the love and light that I hold in my heart to all of you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to subscribe to the Dr. Dads and share with your family and friends. You can also follow and interact with Dr. Nick and Dr. David on Facebook and Instagram for a daily dose of inspiration and the latest in health and wellness. Be well.